listening to the New Mamas Podcast. Hey, everyone. It's your host, Lena Forrestal. And today I'm so excited to be talking to Allie Williams, a money expert. I've been following her on Instagram for a long time now. Like definitely not when you're fault. Like I, I think you have like 19,000. Definitely started following you yeah. like probably more in like the beginning stages, like when you didn't have yeah. so many. But I like love her account. But for everyone listening, one of my passions is money, which sounds weird, right? Like money has all these connotations to it. But I've always loved making money. Like ever since I was little, I just like loved making money. And when I learned how to budget and save, because I think it is not a natural behavior, I got really addicted and it's been really great. And now one of my also side hobbies is investing in the stock market and staying up on stock market trends and news. And I'm just so excited to talk to Allie today because we are really going to dive into budgeting hacks and money tips for new moms. So this episode is really good. Really, we're going to keep it 101 and maybe we'll do a 201 with Allie at a later point. But Allie, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like we will need a 201 because there's just so much we can talk about. And like, I don't think anyone wants to listen to us for hours, at least, you know, majority (laughs) of people. So we'll definitely need to have like another one where we can, there's so much we could cover. So we'll keep it, you know, actionable, quick tips and just make sure everyone kind of can get the foundations and start taking action, like literally after this episode. (laughs) Yes, that is our goal. We'll try not to go off on too many tangents. But Allie, you are a mother yourself. Yes, I have two I have well I guess they're not two under two anymore because my oldest just turned two but (laughs) yes (laughs) your oldest is two yeah my oldest is two he just turned two in October and then my little one is four and a half months oh yeah it's wild over here wild (laughs) yeah but you're at least you're you're getting it done you know what I mean everyone's always like how is it I was like you know I mean not great but we function you know (laughs) yeah I think for the longest time I was searching for what is the best range to wait Mm -hmm. is it 18 months is it two years is it three years is it four years and I I think there is no answer yeah no everyone just says like it gets easier and I'm like I hear you I hear you we're not there yet but I hear you I'm sure you've seen it with your two-year-old. It gets easier in a way that they can communicate with you. Like, yeah, my son's two and a half, so a little older. But we're in such like a golden stage right now where like, yes, he's moody and emotionally difficult, but we can talk to each other. Yes. My toddler, I mean, he's just a, like, he's a little, you know, he's a little boy. So he's just like, (laughs) wants to jump off the couch and like, not, you know, like knock stuff over and is just like, a lot. But then like the new, uh, baby, I'm like, you're so good. Like you're so easy. Like so easy. Like it's, so, it's just different. It's different. You know, like for, it's just hard when you combine like the two stages. Cause I'm like someone, you know, always needs something like literally all the time. And I'm like, I can't wait till y'all can play together. You know, that's what I'm waiting for. Like where they can yes. entertain each other somewhat. So, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's a little chaos. wild, but it's, yeah, but it's fun and it's temporary. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So, I want to start off with this little blurb in your about me because it really tickled me. It says, I became debt free at 25 and then married into 154K of debt while paying off six figures of debt. We still invested for retirement, saved for a house and other goals and still spent money on the things we value like Starbucks and season football tickets. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us everything. 
Is this, yeah. how, is this how you started your blog, first of all, and your Instagram? So my, yeah, so I started as a blog um, in 2017 and that's when I was still paying. I was like trying to figure out what I, you know, what I wanted to do. And, you know, at that point, the only advice I really saw out there was like more Dave Ramsey type stuff, which I just never aligned with. Like I've never followed him. I was just like, that just seems terrible. I'm not doing it. Like, so I. What's Dave Ramsey? Kind of, what's Dave Ramsey style? Yeah. So he's very like. If you have any debt, you should not be spending on anything like oh, zero right. things mm-hmm. except for I've paying off that. debt. Like you should, he always says like the quote, like you shouldn't see the inside of a restaurant if you're paying off debt. And he also doesn't believe in like doing things at the same time. So like he says, you shouldn't even invest until you're completely debt free, Um, you know, like which delays you. I mean, I started like wait, my 401k wait. at 21 when I had my first job. And if I didn't, it would not be six figures in my 401k like it is now, you know, like. Wait, does that even go for a mortgage? Like, is that even his ideology with a mortgage? That's like no. It should be like so, like student loans, credit cards, car loan, Uh, anything. I get it. Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, for example, like my husband, you know, he had six figures of student loans, which is the part of the hundred fifty four. And like, if we waited or to do anything until that was paid off, I mean, we would have been totally screwed because, like, we wouldn't be in this house we're in right now. We wouldn't have money saved for retirement. Like we wouldn't have any of that. We'd be starting at zero at 31 and he's 36, which is not smart in my, in my opinion. I mean, everyone can decide what they want to do with their lives, but um, yes, I started as a blog, just kind of sharing like what I was doing, like personally. And then it just kind of evolved from there. Cause people were like, okay, if you're actually doing this, like, can you show me how? And I was like, sure. And then I got my MBA in finance and then it kind of just like took off from there. And then I went from private coaching to now my program and just kind of, it kind of just has expanded. And now having kids, you know, I have like a course for um, like preparing for like, ba- it's called babies and budgets, like preparing for a baby, have a m- marriage and money. Like they're all like, you know, little little courses, but I kind of have expanded to kind of hit all the different things. Cause if I've evolved, like, you know, I've added more to help other people. So yeah, it's been great. So yeah, I came to free at 25. I met my husband at 23, but I was like already all in on the money journey. And then we talked about money early, like date, like three, I was the one that's like, so <laughs> what's, going <laughs> what's going on with your life. Um, and then he had six figures of debt. So that's the 154. Um, and then, yeah, with that, we paid off debt, saved, still invested and, you know, save for a house. Cause I knew that would take us years to get what we wanted. Um, yeah. So did all the things, all the things. So did you have a background in finance? You mentioned you got an MBA in finance. Was that your bachelor's as well? No, my bachelor's was international business and supply chain. And then my MBA is finance. So I kind of just, but more like, you know, the MBA in finance, you take a few pers- like investing courses, but it's a lot of like corporate finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, but personal finance was just something pretty much when I graduated college and I saw one, how much I lost in tax, you know, like lost of my paycheck in taxes yeah. and was like, I don't know if I want to work until I'm, you know, 65. I was like, there has to be a way to like still live my life as a 21 year old, but prepare for the future where I'm not like wasting all my money now, but I still can like travel with friends. And like, like in my twenties, I mean, I did, I've gone, you know, I went to Australia. I've gone to Mexico. I went to Europe. I traveled, like I did a lot of stuff, but I also was able to like pay off my car early and save and like, you know, do the other things too. So then what was your secret sauce? Like, what do you think helped you do like still not make like 
I don't want to say make sacrifices because you obviously sacrificed. Right. Sure. In some way. But like what made you what was your secret sauce? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that people miss is one, you have to know your numbers, like stop comparing your life to someone on Instagram, someone you read in the news, something you saw on TikTok, like stop it. Like, I know it's hard, but you have to look at your specific numbers because they don't pay your bills. They can't save. And I even say the people I work with, like student, like I can't pay my bills, your bills for you. I can't Mm -hmm. do it for you. You have to do it. So you need to know your numbers because you could lie to me. Like you could be like, I make $700,000. And I'd be like, cool. Well, like if you don't, you know, like, I don't know, like, I don't want access to your accounts. Like I just get the information you tell me. So you have to know your real numbers and be real with yourself. And I know that's hard. Like it's hard if you're scared of checking your accounts, that's a really hard step, but you have to like use your real numbers and then choose the things you value and then cut the rest. So like, thankfully Mm -hmm. this is a podcast, but you can't see that. I like, I don't really wear makeup. I have like the same five shirts from target. Like I don't care about clothes. I don't care about makeup. I get my hair cut like once a year. My, you know, I don't care about that stuff. I don't value it, but I do value trips and like football and, you know, experiences. So that's where my money goes. That's what you see me spending on. But you also don't see that I don't spend anything on, you know, beauty type products or anything like that. I mean, I have, I wear my shoes until there's like holes in them. Like I don't, cause I just don't care, you know? (laughs) So you have to choose the things you value and cut the rest. And while you're paying off a lot of debt, that might mean you have to temporarily reduce things you do care about. But the key is it's temporary. Once you pay that off or get to a certain goal, you can add it back in. I mean, like we have club seats for football right now, but that was only for the past two seasons. Before that, I was like upper deck, like, you know, like in the nosebleeds. I was still there, but I couldn't afford, Uh you know, the club seats. So those would be my two biggest things is use your real numbers and you have to really look at like what you value, like truly value, pick the top like two, three things and then like drastically cut the rest. Yeah. You bring up so many good points. And I feel like when I was, I have a kind of a similar financial journey to in my early 20s. Like I had 97K in student loan debt, no credit card debt because I was just terrified of credit cards, honestly. Like my parents just instilled the fear of God in me when it came to credit cards. So it worked. (laughs) Gave me a lot of like money trauma, but you know, that's something different. But I was able to pay it off kind of the same way that you were kind of choosing the things that I cared about. Like I liked to travel. I liked getting my hair done. I had my certain things that I liked, but then I also didn't rent in downtown Boston, which is where most of my friends lived and I could have very easily roomed with them. Would have been a ton of fun. I didn't go out to bars, didn't drink a lot of alcohol, didn't get my nails done. So there's a lot of things I did honestly sacrifice. And I use that in bunny quotes, but I my why was stronger than partying with my friends. So, but everybody right. has is going to, ha- this is going to be so personal for everybody. So there is no right, right or wrong. Um, and when you say know your numbers, what do you mean exactly? So like the first thing I have everyone do, I mean, if, if you like join any of my programs, like the first thing you do is a money audit. So you need to know current state first, like what is in your account? So like how much do you have in your checking account, savings account, 
if you do have investments, what are they? Your debt, knowing the interest rates, the current balance, the minimum payment for all of your debt, like literally just writing it all down or I'm like a spreadsheet person. So like putting mm-hmm. it on the spreadsheet and then looking at your expenses. So like if you pull the last month of used credit cards, like your last credit card statement or your bank statement, what did where did your money go? Like what did you actually spend? Because a lot of times you're like, Oh, I don't know. I spent like, I go to the gas, you know, gas station's the easy one. Like, oh, I go and I got a snack and like a Dr. Pepper or something. Right. But like, if you do that every day for 30, you know, that five, $10 is a few hundred dollars a month that could go to something else or Amazon. It's so easy, right? You just click a button. So many people are like, I don't know how much I spent on Amazon last month. I don't know, $200. But when you actually look at it, you actually spent $600. Like that's a $400 difference from what you thought or groceries. Like, if you don't know how much you spend on groceries, you're probably thinking it's less than what you spend. I mean, I know I would like, so oh, it's yeah. just getting to know your number know exactly where your money's going. Cause that's your starting point. Cause I hate, you know, people with groceries, right? Like let's say you're currently spending $600 a month or, or that, whatever you're like, okay, well, you know, some people saw it as like, oh, that's so much. So I'm going to cut it in half 300. You are not going to spend 300 the next month. You're still going to spend like 600 or maybe 500. So like my recommendation would be like, cut it by $50, like, or a hundred, like don't do those drastic, just like slicing things in half because you're not going to do it. It's not realistic. So you have to know your starting point, which is why you need to know, you know, what your numbers are. Mm -hmm. And do you think that people get very discouraged when they set those lofty goals? Like I want to spend like going from that 600 to 300 and then they don't hit it and then they just give up altogether. Oh yeah. Totally. Cause yeah. it's not realistic. Like my whole thing is like, it needs to be a realistic plan you can actually stick to. And that's like my whole quote, because a lot of people budget, they're like, Oh, I'm spending too much. So they just go in because people will be like, cut the non-essentials. Like, okay. But if you normally spend $300 on Amazon a month on random stuff to say, you're going to go from 300 to zero in less than 30 days is really hard and probably not going to happen. So instead of trying to do that, I'd rather you cut it in half or cut it in, you know, cut a hundred dollars off and allocate that hundred to debt or savings that you, you know, now aren't spending on Amazon, but at least you're being realistic with yourself and knowing I'm probably going to buy something on Amazon. So I'm going to budget for it. So it's allocated. So I'm not messing up my budget. Cause that's my whole thing is like, just if you're going to do it, add it to your budget so that your budget now just reflects your spending. Like that's what your budget is. It's a spending plan. It's just telling your money, where to go. But a lot of people think a budget is like this restrictive, like awful term, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, budget, that's terrible. And it's like, it's not, it's literally just you decide where your money's going and it just helps you see, you know, what you're doing with your money. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. What I love is that you just removed all emotion from these words because it's so true. Even saying like, I love money, like that is such a, like almost taboo thing for especially a woman. Oh, yeah. To say. And why is that? Right. Why does why do you say the word budget? And a lot of people are like, do not even come near me with that word because it's too scary. It is scary because your money does live in all these different places and where you spend is all in these different places like Amazon, credit card, debit card. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to think of everywhere we spend or if you have different credit cards, a Kohl's card. I I live in the country, so a tractor supply credit card (laughs) like to get all like, you know, the points because you're like right. I'm, I try to like manipulate the system. Right. But then you know what? The system manipulates you because you forget to pay when you're not on auto pay and then you get fined and then you ended up not saving money. So that's my that's my experience. I hate 
but the credit cards always get you. Anyway, remove all emotion and know your numbers, write it all down. Cool. Because that was going to be my first question is money is overwhelming. If a mom is listening and she says, okay, I want to get my stuff together. That's where she should start. Yeah. Like, and you don't have to do it all in one day. You know, like if you were like really overwhelmed, spend one hour and just do like, or set a timer on your phone for 30 minutes and just like log in, do what you can take a break, come back to it, you know, cause I'd rather you actually do it. So instead of being like, I'm going to know all of my numbers today, like don't give yourself a day, like, you know, schedule it. Cause if I, if it's not in my schedule, I'm not going to do it. Like you have to treat your finances like a priority, just like you would going to the gym or getting dinner with your friends. Like your finances have to be that important to you. Like it's not something you're going to just passively care about. (laughs) You're not going to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I know what my, you know, credit score is, or I know how, unless you check it, you don't know. So make it a priority just like you would anything else. And that would definitely be the place to start. There's emotions involved, right? With anything. But I always tell people like, if you can separate like the fact versus the feeling, like what are the numbers telling you? Like, yes, the feelings are there. Emotions, you know, and always tie in. Like I always have people go over their money past and we talk about like how you were raised about money. That's important. But you know, you have to still know what your numbers are telling you because uh-huh. that's telling you where your money is actually going. So the emotion, emotions are important. But when it comes to like creating your budget, I care about like what the numbers tell you. <laughs> mm. And I feel like that changes so much too, because I feel like when I was in my like mid to early 20s and it was just me, my little budget, what comes in, what goes out was so clean. But mm-hmm. now, as we were saying before the call, like as moms, And partners, suddenly two incomes or two debts coming together and then joint debt if you buy a house together. It is overwhelming. So I feel like this is a good reminder for me to revisit my numbers because I haven't done that in a long time. And I feel like- Yeah, you should do it. I mean, I, I mean, I look at it all the time, but I always say like, choose an average month. Don't choose like December, right? Because everyone spends more in December. So choose like your average month. Um, and if you should do it at least quarterly because inflation changes, you know, prices change, things change. You need a, you might think you spend $300 on groceries, but now with inflation, you spend 400, you know? So you oh, gosh, need to yeah. know what is actually going on. So definitely the best place to start. As a mom of two, what are some of your personal favorite budgeting hacks? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'm not really like a hack person. I'm not someone who the like sleepy pajama clothes story you were telling me with the Facebook group. That's a yeah, great that's more one. I like to like watch women's drama and see how much people spend on <laughs> pajamas because I think it's insane that people spend like five hundred dollars on children's pajamas. Um, Wait, do they? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. It's wild. Like they'll be like, oh, I look at my cart and they're all like cheering each other on. I'm like, y'all have things to work through. And sorry if anyone <laughs> listening, that's you. Definitely don't hide it from your husband and just get a budget and add in your pajamas to the budget. But um, I don't really have I would say the even for kids like prioritize what you care about. Like our kids, we don't buy them Christmas gifts. I mean, they're little, these two. And like, so I don't plan on getting them anything until they're older. Same thing with birthday. They don't know. And I think it's a waste of money. I don't do birthday parties. I personally don't value it. Like, I don't care. When they start caring and can remember, then I will care, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I don't care about that. Like for Christmas, they'll get like 
you know, my toddler will probably get like a toothbrush we need, like, you know, things that we need in the house. So for me, I just make that exciting. I'm like, look, you got a new toothbrush or like clothes that they need. I always think of like sale. I don't know if, I mean, this, I guess is not really a hack, but like a money saving um, Rakuten or the old Ebates. If anyone doesn't use that, like y'all are missing out. It's the easiest way to just save money for literally all you have to do is I just use, use the Google Chrome bar thing. That's what I do. So you don't have to like remember. Yep. So I, I love yeah. that. I'm a Rakuten yeah. power user. I love Rakuten. It's free money. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they, they do sell your shopping habit information. I that's how care. they. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, I'm like, I don't like sell it. <laughs> yeah. That's just for Mark. Yeah. I don't care. Um, cash back. I think, I mean, the, the biggest thing with budgeting, I guess, hack is like make your budget. It's not really a hack, but like even with little kids, you have to make your budget accessible. So like if you won't check an Excel file, like don't have your budget in Excel, you know, like use it on pen and paper, like don't do it to appease someone else like mm-hmm. on the internet. Um, And then just make sure you have like savings for your kids. Like my kids eat, each of them have like three different accounts. So we have say like a high yield savings account for them, a 529 for college or for education and a UTMA, which is a brokerage account. So um, if you set, if you can set any of those up when they're really young, then compound interest will be your friend in the future and you don't have to put as much in. Okay. That was, that was a lot. Can we back up a little bit and can we start yes. with those three? You have a, yeah. it was the high yield. Yeah. High yield. Savings. So the savings account, just high yield means that you're getting more money. So like I'm not sponsored by them. I wish I was, but Ally Bank is my favorite. That's what I use. Um, I think their interest rate now is like 2.75 maybe. Um, and your traditional bank, like a bank of America is going to be like 0.1%. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing. It's literally nothing. Yeah. So all of your savings should be in a high yield savings account, not just for your child, but like for you as an individual. Um, so we have a savings account. It's a custodial account. So it's like my kids, but my name's on it. So both our names are on it, which is nice because if someone sends like a check for his birthday, I can, I mean, easily just put it in because both our accounts are, names are there. So that's our first one. That's more for short term things. I wouldn't recommend that if you are trying to save for like real like 10 plus years out. Right. Um, it's for within the next like five to seven years, you know, sports or random things they might need or like a car when they're 16. Like it's like because isn't I think I looked into it. Is it that when you put in money, you actually can't withdraw for a certain amount of years? Is that how that works? Or am I no, talking so, about a CD? Am I talking about something else? Yeah. So a CD has a time frame on it. So you can get like okay. a 12 month CD, a 24 month CD. But really, CD and rates aren't that great compared to high yield savings accounts these yeah. days. But you're money would be locked or, or there's a penalty. So I wouldn't, I would just do a high yield savings account. Um, there's also things called like I bonds, but the interest rates have now with inflation, the Fed rate, those have gone back down. But that if you take your money out early, um, you don't get like the full benefit of it. But I always say if you need the money in the next like five to seven years, I personally wouldn't invest it in the stock market because you just don't, it's not giving your money enough time to like grow and deal with you know, down years and up years. So like if you do need it in less, even less than 10 years, if you want to be really conservative, I personally wouldn't invest it in the stock market. I would use like a high yield savings account. Um, Cause if you need it, like for people who put like their house down payment, you know, in the stock market, like in an account in the stock market, like if you need that and it's a down year, you actually might have way less than when you started. So yes. um, I wouldn't do that. So that's the one account. And then a 529 is just for education. 
So you don't have to use it for college, actually. I mean, you have to use education. You can use it K through 12 as well, um, like private school. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You can use it for K through 12 private school. Um, you can also transfer. So like say you have two kids with like a big age gap where they're not going to be in college at the same time. You can just change the name to your younger child and have wow. one. Five I couldn't because my kids are 20 months apart. <laughs> we'll need it at the same time because you can only have one name on the account at once. So you can't like put it in uh-huh. one kid's name and then like the year later, switch it and then switch it, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't use it for two kids. But if there's a big enough gap, you can. Or you can like change it and leave it to like your grandchild or something if there's money left over. Um, and then a UTMA, uh, UTMA is a custodial brokerage account. So your child owns it technically at the age of 21 or 18, depending on your state. But that's and, and that's the I, stock market, yeah, right? The UTMA. That you choose investments. Got yeah, it. it's like Uniform Transfer Minors Act is the like name and that you would choose invest, like choose index funds or whatever you want to invest it in. And then like, for me, that is what I would leave for them for like a house or if they really were smart, left it till retirement and they'd be set. But will I convince my children to leave it till 60? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Right. So that is a, that's a good option. And then you can trade that just like a regular brokerage account. Yeah, or so have only- someone trade for you, right? You can have a financial. Yeah, I mean, I manage everything myself. That's what I would recommend for someone starting. Um, just do research and find a low cost index fund or ETF and go with that. Um, just because one, it's good to know where your money is actually going, like being in control. Like I wouldn't hire someone if unless I had like millions and I was trying to like you know avoid certain taxes and stuff. You know, that's what I, for me. But if you're scared. I would say just put something in and just you can always adjust your portfolio later. So that's no problem. Yeah, it's so funny. When I was first getting started, I actually asked like I was like, do I, I think I had a mi- uh, meeting with my Charles with a Charles Schwab, like financial analyst, just understand what it would be like to have someone managing my account. And yeah, I didn't like I think for me, it was part of the fun of it was actually digging into the news and picking out the stocks myself and knowing where my money was is going. I made some poor investment decisions, <laughs> Peloton, <laughs> Peloton. Um, but I think my, at least what worked for me, it was starting small. If you're terrified, like $50, oh yeah, $100, like just like Ford is, I think like $14 a stock. Like if you just want to buy one just to kind of get your feet wet and watch it go up and down and like truly understand what is the stock market because it is complicated. Like if you're intimidated, that is a very normal feeling. Yeah. I mean, I don't choose stocks. Like I I don't own individual stocks. So like I just choose index funds. So I own like all of them. And to me, that's the easiest way to start because you really don't need to ever change your portfolio. I mean, you can add to your portfolio and diversify it. But if you own like a total stock market fund or an S&P 500 fund, you know, that's the top 500 companies on the stock market. You're pretty set because if one company does bad, you're still good. You know, they'll just switch out that company. So you're not reliant on the news, like tracking that company's financials. Because one, I have no time for that and I probably never will. (laughs) So like for me, I don't want to be that active. I want to take the more like passive investor approach. And still, I mean, the S&P 500 funds, for example, usually are like 12% over the course of many years. So I'm like, I'm, I'm good with that. I can sit back, 
let it go and see you again in, you know, a few years. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's your host, Lena Forrestal, taking a quick break from this podcast episode to ask you to support the show. I do this show because I love it. And as a self-funded creator, your support can help me pay for things like podcast hosting and an editor. So here's how you can help. Share this episode with a mom friend, caretaker, or soon-to-be mom friend. Leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you wanted to throw me some coins, you can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash newmamaspodcast. Any little bit helps, and I appreciate your support. Finally, give me a follow on Instagram at Lena Forrestal. I love meeting my listeners, so definitely send me a DM and introduce yourself. Now, let's get back to the show. That is solid advice. I'm afraid that we're drifting into 201, yeah, 301 yeah, territory. Moving for, yeah, let's go back. But <laughs> I liked I liked that you broke down the different types of accounts that you have for your children, because I think that as new moms, those are things that we think about. Oh, yeah. Maybe we didn't have those things set up for us by our parents and Say, yeah, same here. My parents are immigrants <laughs> and they came to this country with nothing. And it's, you know, that classic American like story. But right. I want to do it different, of course. Right. Like, yeah, I'm, I've been granted this opportunity to be born here and know English and just start off better than they were. So I do want to set my son up better than I was. Right. Um, so it was good that you walked through that. Yeah. Earlier this year. You did an interesting Instagram reel that said, just because you have food at home doesn't mean you can't get takeout. (laughs) Tell us about this, because this is a this is a debate my husband and I always have. We're like, do we want to order out? No, we have food at home. Oh, but we're so lazy. Talk to us. I think it's because I I guess did that because I see so many posts all the time. Like you have food at home, like you have food at home. You don't need I see those too. Yeah. And I just get annoyed sometimes because I get it right. Like if you go grocery shopping and you buy $400 worth of food, should you get takeout every day? No. Like, you know, like obviously that's not true. But if you got food at home and you're supposed to make this like dinner tonight and you just had an awful day, like, you know, it, your kids are crazy and it's raining and you're tired and, you know, you spilled co- whatever it is, right? Like you're just like, today has been just not great. It is okay to get pizza. You know, (laughs) like I'm not saying go get takeout and spend $700 on like an elaborate, you know, like Mm -hmm. Michelin restaurant, but giving yourself that grace and permission that things won't go according to plan and just preparing for it. Like that's what I want for anyone I work with or anyone who listens to this. Like it is okay. It's normal for things not to go according to plan. You're going to set a budget and it's not going to be great the first month. Like if you're just starting out, that's just a fact. It's not going to be great, but you keep going. Same thing with this. Like if you have food at home and you had a bad day, get your pizza and then move on with it. Like, you know, don't feel bad about it. Should you do that every day? No, like, right. Like, like I said, you're not supposed, that's not something you should do every single day is like not cook the food you have at home. But if there's that day that just isn't going right, don't be like so hard on yourself. Like, oh, but I have this food and I have to cook it or else the world's going to end. Like, mm-hmm. no, okay, go pick up food and move on. Like that was kind of my point is it goes back to the emotion thing. Like emotions are in it sometimes. And if you do have a bad, just 
kind of like be smart about it and move on, like do it and move on. Don't throw in the towel because you got takeout one night and now your, you know, budget's all messed up or anything like that. Great advice. So much of this has parallels to like a weight loss journey. It's just so interesting to hear you speak. It's the same thing, like just because you have a bad, like, and I don't even like to use the words bad eating days or good eating days because that's, I don't believe in that now, but in the past, it's like, don't just give up because you have a bad day. Like it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Right. Kind of on the same topic we see on the news every day about recession. Can you explain what this means and how moms can prepare? Yeah. So, I mean, like the technical, like a recession is defined when there's like two back-to-back quarters of like economic decline, like if you look into it, but pretty much it means like the prices are going, you know, prices are going up and people's incomes and all that aren't going up with it. So, I mean, that's probably what a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are experiencing that where like your income may be stagnant and you're like, I'm not making more, but all of my costs are, you know, way higher. Totally. And we can see that with groceries, gas. Um, I mean, even prices of like, I know like daycares have gone up or prices of kids activities have gone up. Like everything is going up, but we're not like making more to make up that gap. We're like incomes here, expenses keep going up. So I think the biggest thing with that would be one, make sure you do have an emergency fund. And so that is for emergencies, not for like Amazon or Target. Um, And I always tell people if you can you know, that is overwhelming and just set like a small emergency fund. You can increase it later. It's just getting in the habit of saving. So even $500, like start $500. That's all you can do. Great. I mean, if you can get to one month of expenses, like that's a great goal. If you can get to eventually three months of expenses, you know, great. I, I get each to the, each person will decide what's best, but just pick an amount, get there. That's really key in a recession. Just if you lose your job or your income decreases or something, you have that there where you don't have to worry about like, how am I going to pay for daycare this month? Or how am I going to pay for my mortgage or whatever it is? You're, you're set. That'd be like my first recession tip. And then just if I did another one, it'd be like those non-essential review, kind of non-essential spending, review your subscriptions. Is there a subscription you haven't, you know, free trials that are no longer free because you forgot about, them. <laughs> you know, review your subscriptions and see, oh, we don't really use this. Or if you have like Netflix, Hulu, Disney, uh, you know, if you have like seven different streaming subscriptions, maybe if you have to pick your top two favorite and then, you know, cut the rest or something like that, kind of just review See areas maybe you can tighten up if needed. Those will be like my two recession. That's tips. great. Really great tip. I actually forgot about the subscriptions. We have almost all of them, which is disgusting. So the holidays are coming. And as moms, I know we tend to spend so much money around the season, even when we're not trying to sometimes. Do you have any tips around how to enter the holidays without blowing a ton of money? Yeah. So this is something. I do. It's actually in my holiday course. <laughs> Pretty much write down your like everything you spend like categories. So maybe it's um, like gifts, Christmas cards, travel, food, alcohol, decorations, like kind of your categories. Just write them all down and then put them in order of priority. So like if you had a, you know, if you have 10 things on your list, like number them one through 10 and then just kind of group them like these three are like like requirements. Like I would be distraught this holiday season, you know, without these three. And then the rest kind of like, if you can afford it, you get to like, maybe you can't buy new decorations this year, you know, like it's annoying, but like you'll survive. Like that's just the 
truth of, you know, it's not worth going into credit card debt or whatever for it. Um, and then if you look at like credit card interest rates now, they're like 20, they've gone up. I think the average now is like 29% because rates have gone up. Um, so it's like, is that gift, if you add 30% to it or whatever, and you now are going to pay that off over months, like, is that still worth it? Like, probably not. Um, so pick your priorities. If it is gifts, great. Then make a list of who you need to get for, and then kind of set a, but like be clear on the amounts you you can spend for each person and then look for deals. I mean, this is, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Month. I mean, holiday deals last now through the end of the year pretty much. Yeah. Um, and I always say like, this is something I had to work. I'm a gift giver. I, I don't really care about getting gifts myself, but I love giving gifts. Me too. And something Me I too. had to remind myself is like the amount I spend on a gift doesn't mean I love someone more or less. And that's something I had to like work on because I'm always like, oh, I want to wanted to get like this big, you know, elaborate gift. And I had to keep reminding myself, like if I spend $20 or I spend $200, it doesn't mean I love you more or less. So if you can't buy those elaborate gifts this year, it is okay. Like if that person is truly like, you know, your friend or family and loves you, like they'll understand. And there's really not much, I would say that's worth going into credit card debt for obviously emergencies, maybe, you know, but like Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, probably not. So think of your priorities this holiday season, unsubscribe from emails if you need, because there's so many sales emails. <laughs> I've had to do that, actually. Like, Athleta gets me every time. And I was, like, getting into such a bad habit with Athleta. And I had to unsubscribe. I'm like, I yeah. love you, but you gotta go. I can't yeah. see unfollow you. people, like, influencers if you need. Or mute them so they're not showing up, like, at least for now. Oh, like, gosh. The Amazon like, do what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you have to do to get through the holidays. <laughs> and Good then tip. figure out what you spend this year and create a sinking fund or a budget for next year. So you're ready to go. I love that. That is <laughs> sound advice. And I guess my thoughts around gift giving too is like small and thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, like $20 versus $200. Like I think that person's still going to feel loved if it's a gift that is thoughtful and meaningful. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a gift giving is always like, I think so complicated, especially as adults too. Cause you're like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want anything. <laughs> like, Yeah. I, I want someone to like just pay for like new lights outside or something, you know, <laughs> like random yeah. house stuff. <laughs> Literally. So, yeah. okay. I have, I have two questions that are kind of like big ones. So let's get into family finances. I think these are so interesting because every single family looks totally different. In my case, my husband and I tried at one point to have a joint bank account and a joint credit cards, all the cards, debit cards, all the cards, but it almost ruined our relationship, which I think is pretty common, isn't? I think it's one of the number one things that divorces are over is finances, Um yeah. And it, it it almost ruined our relationship because he is a emotional spender. So he is impulsive. He's a marketer's dream because anything shiny and glistening and big letters, he'll buy it. Um, and I am the complete opposite. So ultimately, we decided to keep everything separate. And now we just sort of YOLO, for lack of better words. We split the mortgage 50-50. I pay for daycare. He pays for utilities and internet grocery shopping essentials. We just kind of whoever falls on whatever, but, and we don't keep score. 
it's what works for us. However, I feel like we're not really on the same money page. I'm the one with savings. I'm the one with the 401k. I'm the one who's doing stock market stuff. I'm the one. And he's like this musician. He's like very, I love him so much. He's a creative musician who like didn't go to, I went to business school. I get it. We're very, very different. And that's why I married him. But this is hard. And as a money expert, how do you suggest that families tackle finances and budgeting? Do you have any advice for couples to feel like they're working together? Yeah. So it's, so I actually just created, this is like a course called money and marriage for this reason, but, and it's like a four week program. Um, it, so all my like little courses don't compete or not like don't have the same material as like my signature program. Cause I don't want anyone to ever feel like they're paying for the same thing multiple times. So anyway, Mm -hmm. money and marriage is not about creating your budget, but it's about getting on the same page with your partner. And it's funny that you like, I feel like there's always a saver and a spender, um, like in a relationship, it just depends on like the extreme. We have everything combined. Like, um, that's just what works for us. Everyone. So what we have is like, so one thing I always tell people, even if you have combined finances is to have separate spending accounts. So that's what we have. So I see. So we have um, like a joint checking account. Both our paychecks go in there. We have our savings as joint. I mean, obviously you have separate retirement since that's individual, but we have separate checking accounts for spending and it's budgeted. So each month we get a certain, it's pretty much we give ourselves an allowance. And so each month, each of us get a certain amount and that's our no questions asked money. I don't know what he spends it on. I genuinely don't care. He doesn't know. We don't have to check in with each other. It gives us the freedom to spend on individual things, but everything else is combined and we're like working towards combined goals. Uh, so that's what works for us is having that because it's budgeted, it's budgeted for. So I don't care what he buys. Like he could leave it and six months buy something I personally think is like, you know, not great, <laughs> but like, I don't care because it's in our budget. So that's what works for us is having separate spending accounts, but having everything else combined. Cause I manage our finances as you can see from this, like I enjoy it. He does not enjoy it. So to force him, like I tried that once, those like budget meetings that everyone talks about, like a formal. I tried that too. It's such a fail, like (laughs) such a fail. And so we did it once and he was like, no, like not going to happen. So that's, that was in 2018 and we haven't done one since, like, because it just doesn't work. So for us, what I found works for us is like making it conversational. So I manage it. I pay our bills. I do all that. But like, I'll be like, oh my gosh, did you know we've saved X dollars for this? And he'll be like, huh, pretty cool. So I just like check in with him and make sure when we were paying off debt, I'd be like, oh my gosh, we paid off like your credit card. And he's like, that That's quick? Awesome. Like, oh, I never thought that would be possible. Like, because for him, he just was like, oh, I'll be in debt. Like, I don't know. You know, he initially saying, yeah, a lot of people make that. that just like, oh, I'll just be in debt forever. It's fine. Right. And once he saw that you could like actually make progress when you do this, he was like, huh. All right. Like, let's keep it going. So I think if you're if you do have a partner who's like doesn't care, it's or not doesn't care, but doesn't care, I guess, as much as the details of it and like doesn't see the value in some of it. It's keeping it conversational and showing like what you can do and just kind of sticking with it. It might take a month. It might take a year. You know, everyone's different on what, how quickly your partner will get on that same page. Um, but making sure you have individual spending money is like so key, no matter what, if you, whatever you combine. Um, and then two, keeping money conversational when you're driving in the car, be like, oh my gosh, you know, we saved on this or, oh, I paid these bills to, you know, just keeping it conversational, not like naggy though, you mm-hmm. know, not like, what'd you do with this or what, you know, 
So there's a difference, but those would be like my two like tips. And then also just understanding that you come from different backgrounds, like how I was raised about raised about money or what I knew or didn't know is not the same as my husband's like we're not the same. So I can't expect him to be the same as me. (laughs) Um, And so we need to understand each other and have those conversations and talk about our money past and talk about our goals. Like he doesn't like, he wants to spend money on like hunting stuff or fishing and like random camping stuff. Like I could 0% want to do any of that ever. (laughs) Like I'd rather go stay in a hotel on the beach and have like someone bring me like you know, margaritas or whatever, like that's what I want to do. So, but both are important and that's what you have to like, I don't care about that, but it's important to him. So I have to care somewhat, you know? So it's having those conversations, making sure your budget is reflective of both of your individual goals or needs or wants plus your couple, you know, goals, needs. So that was, would be my. So logistically, so you're both your paychecks get deposited into one account that you both Mm -hmm. have access to. And then do you move money manually into your spending accounts or is that, or can you like auto transfer? You could auto do it. I have manually do it. Yeah. I have control issues. So I have nothing on auto except for (laughs) retirement. I, every Friday, like he gets paid every week. And so are we budget weekly? Um, and so every week I like go in second, like it's Friday. So every Friday go in, move everything, money comes in and money's back out within like, you know, an hour. But yeah, I manually move it. You could set it up auto um, into the separate accounts or technically, I guess you could talk to like your HR or whatever and like have it go into it different mm-hmm. accounts. But I yeah. just, it all goes into one and then I just separate it out. Oh, that's so interesting. I love that. Maybe we'll explore something like that. One of the things I'm passionate about is seeing more women have knowledge of their own finances, especially moms. But in a 2019 study, among the women surveyed in the United States, 54% said their spouses take the lead in handling the family's finances beyond paying bills. I understand why that is. Women slash moms were often the chief everything officer in our households. We're already doing the birthday parties or not birthday parties or making sure all our kids clothes fit, the clothes are organized, signing them up for activities, planning meals, nutrition, like we do everything. So, and and we're also probably, a lot of us are working full time. Mm -hmm. So adding in the duties of the chief financial officer of our households just feels like one more thing. But as a money expert, why do you think it's important for women to be engaged in the financial discussion in their household? Gosh, there's so much. And it's funny because like I do all that plus that. So it is not to like toot my own horn by any means. I'm no better than anyone, I guess, because for me, money gets to be easy. And that's what I want for everyone. Like your budget isn't time consuming once you get there. Is it time consuming to get to that initial you know, point where like for me, it takes 10 minutes on Fridays. I check in and I'm done. So like pretty much can you find an extra 10 minutes in your week to do it? Like, yes. Um, You know, there's a lot of reasons why women should care. Like I remember when like my grandpa died, right? Like we were trying to figure out where everything was because like he always paid everything. (laughs) Um, And I'm not like divorced, not saying anyone is getting divorced, but you like, you just don't know. You just don't know if you don't know, you know, what a 401k is or how to open a savings account. I mean, it's basic stuff like, or how to create a budget and something happens or 
some freak accident happens and your partner is hot yeah. and hospitalized yeah. in a coma. Like even mm-hmm. if they're not, they're still alive. I mean, they could be in a, you know, medically induced coma for three years. I don't, you know, whatever. There's so many scenarios um, that you need to understand. This is so, I mean, money affects every area of our lives, not just bills, but, you know, future things like what we're able to do, give, but like, I mean, just our, how well you can sleep at night, you know, your fears, your concerns, a lot of times are money focused. Like, oh, I worry if we can afford this for our children, or I worry, you know, if something happens to me, well, well my kid, you know, everything goes back to the kids a lot of times when you're yeah. a mom, but um, it's so important to at least have the basics. Even if you don't want to be the one that pays the bills, like you're like, I just don't want to manage it. You need to be involved in those conversations. So you know where the money's going, whether you work full time or you're a stay at home mom or whatever the scenario is, you need to have this awareness. Um, I don't care if you contribute, you know, quote unquote, contribute zero dollars because we know the emotional and physical and all that labor of a mother, but you know, so much like that goes into it that you, you should be equal partners and you should understand where your money's going, your savings goals, your wants are just as important as your partners. So you should have a say, you know, in where your money's going. 100,000% agree. I think it's so empowering to know your numbers and to be engaged in that financial discussion. Exactly. Whether you're working full-time at a corporate job or a job or your job is a full-time mama at home, being engaged in a money conversation is empowering. It like. Allie said it affects everything. And you just honestly, not to be more, you just never know. You just don't. Never know. And you don't want to be in a position where you have not that I'm not saying that you have nothing, but you have no knowledge of where your money is and what it's doing or how much is there, all of that. Tell us everything about your course, Flourish Financially. What do people get when they sign up? Why it's a great starting point? what others have said about it. Give us all the deets. I used to run it live, which I ran it live nine times um, in like a round, but now it's, you can join whenever you want, which works for my season of life and works for a lot of people because you might not be ready this month or next month, whatever. Um, so when you join, you get, there's nine core modules plus bonus modules. I always say it's like the course that should have been offered in college and wasn't, or the course that was <laughs> offered and you didn't take it. <laughs> you know, one of those. Um, we cover everything, pretty much a lot of the stuff we talked about here. We start with like money mindset. So we talk about like money pass and, you know, working through how you were raised or thought about money. We talk about the money audit. Um, that's a module, goal setting, budgeting, debt payoff, saving, investing, negotiating bills, like pretty much we cover everything. So you get the modules forever that access as an end. Plus you get coaching calls with me. So you can actually ask questions. We can talk over your situation, your budget. Um, there's a private group. There's every template worksheet, anything you could potentially need in there. Um, I've done it since I think 2020, January, 2020 was my first round. So it's been around a while. I have a whole page on my website with just student testimonials and results. Um, I love it. Like it's my passion. I would do that program for the rest of my life if I could, because I, I think it just is the best way to get results. Pretty much if you haven't seen them on your own and you're like, something's not clicking. And maybe it's just a tweak, whether you have debt, don't have debt, you're not seeing the results. You're like, I don't know how people actually stick to this budget thing. It's just not working out. <laughs> um, it's the best place to start. And you get to chat with me all the time and have me in your numbers and help you you know, get to that point where you feel confident 
about your finances. Feeling confident about your finances. Like how many people can actually say that, right? And like, I could say like personally in in my 20s, I was super confident about my finances because I feel like I had a lot more control today. Eh, not so much just because I feel like prices of everything have gone up. And mm-hmm. like I said, we're I feel like we're spending here, we're spending there and just don't really even know what I'm spending on anymore. So I feel like it's a good reset for everybody to check out the course and know your numbers. Know yeah. your numbers. I love that. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And there's no better time. Like I know we're at the end of the year, but like even whether you join the course or do it on your own, don't give up on the rest of this year and go into 2023 like with a clean slate. It will you'll feel so much better. Like <laughs> just Ooh, like starting now. I think I'm gonna do that. I am going to know my. I think that's my goal for yeah. like a January reset or like whatever is going to be by January second. Know my numbers. I love that because yeah, that gives me so- like a month and a half almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and Ellie, let me know. <laughs> I will let you know. I will let you know. Ellie, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, Tell thanks. us where everyone can find you. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram way too much. So that's the best. <laughs> if you want to like DM me or chat, that's the best place to get an answer. Like way too fast. I'm also like, you know, breastfeeding my little one. So I'm up at like weird hours and you know, all that fun stuff. So Instagram financially focused. I also have an Instagram for the course page flourish financially. So that's there. I do have a website that has tons of like free blog posts. I have a um, free private podcast. So if there's things you want to just like dive in and just kind of get started, that's the best place to start is the website that also has all my courses, programs, things there. So that's like the one-stop shop for pretty much anything. Um, But yeah, Instagram, send me a message. Let me know what you took away from the episode. I'd love to hear from you and just see what you're working on. Everyone, I will put all of that juicy, juicy, juicy information in the show notes. Definitely message Allie. She's a joy. And her reels are really good. Like I was just fishing through them today. And I'm like, I want to talk about all of these. I want to dig in. I know. We don't need another episode. So people aren't like, this is so long. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yes, totally. Okay. Everyone, thanks for listening. Catch us back next week for the next episode. And have a great Thanksgiving to whoever celebrates. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the New Mamas podcast. This podcast was created to help first-time moms everywhere navigate this new stage of life and talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger, photographer, and podcaster by mid-afternoon. And as a first-time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. You can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash newmamaspodcast. Stay in touch by following us on Instagram at newmamaspodcast and Lena Forrestal. Thanks again and stay tuned next week for the next episode. Bye.